Hey, this is Leon Poe, man. You listen to Causeway Street Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Kenny Anderson. Y'all listen to the Causeway Street Podcast. For you new listeners out there, I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. I'm joined as usual by my two co-hosts. I'm Sean Dutra. What's up? So yeah, like, talk about walks yourself. on the B. There you go. Joel Pavone. What up? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> the most romantic. He leads off with that. The most romantic sign in all of the Zodiac. Oh. You couldn't tell by my voice already. Oh. Sexy. But I'm the producer of this ensemble that we call Causeway Street. In case you missed it. Hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics, 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Yeah, come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you, Boston, for my life. Where are we going? You guys are such homers. It's your boy, Terry Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Now listen to my boys, Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. So just like that, a best of seven series is now a best of three. The Celtics and the Cavaliers tied up at two games apiece as the series switches over to Boston. And this is pretty much an emergency podcast because originally we were going to record this after game five. But Joel hit me up and said, listen, Joseph, we need to get on the mic now and talk about how the Celtics can grab a 3-2 lead before the series goes back to Cleveland for Game 6. So that's why we're here right now. Joseph Pavone here. Joel, the Pavone brothers are in the building what for another edition of the Causeway Street Podcast. Joel, we knew that Game 3 was obviously going to be a really tough, tough matchup for the Celtics. We knew the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to bounce back and avoid going down three games to zero. But I did think the Celtics had a shot to grab one game in Cleveland that was my mindset in this series heading into Cleveland, that if they just grab one, they will be in terrific shape, obviously up 3-1, heading back to Boston. That wasn't the case in Game 4. The Cleveland Cavaliers topped the Celtics 111-102. to Joel, what went wrong in Game 4 for the Celtics, in your opinion? They fell into a 17-point hole again in the first quarter. That is something that happens. And they yes. never re- and similar they never rec- to what we saw in Game Three. They never recovered from it. The only difference between Game uh, Three and and Four was that they didn't let it get to thirty. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> but there's a big reason why though, right? Because in Game Three, and this is I, I couldn't preach this enough after Game Three was the fact that Al Horford didn't get his touches, didn't get his attempts. They didn't run the offense through him. And the very first possession of game four went straight to Al. That's exactly what you saw. That's what I wanted to see. 13 attempts. That's what I kept saying. Al Horford needs 13, 14, 15 attempts. Anywhere between 13 and 15 attempts, you're in good shape. Five of 13, finished with 15.7 rebounds. It's a solid night for Al Horford. The rest of the stars all finished in double figures. However, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, late game execution, I think, really dug them in. And let me tell you why. For starters... The three-point shots. And listen, Terry Rozier, we've seen him do it time and time again. Comes down, sees a decent look, jacks up a three. He did it more than once, obviously, throughout the night. He converted three of 11, or excuse me, three of nine from deep. And down the stretch, he had a couple of plays where he could have gone inside but elected to go for the three. But I didn't hate it, though, because he's done it so many times. So 
I don't blame them, but the, at the end of the day, you know what the old cliche is. You live and die by the three. I feel like the Celtics died by it. And they also weren't making their layups. Man. They, they weren't making their dunks. They weren't making their dunks. Were making, Brad Stevens, they must've, he must have took it back to the old school. Textbook stuff. Let's go, guys. Layup lines. That's it. I want to see nothing but layup lines from here on out. Before the game, an hour in practice. Everyone get on your layups because they have to finish at the rim if they're going to compete against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were missing their free throws, too. That didn't help either. Didn't help at all. That didn't help at all. No, no. but well, if you read my my keys to game four on CausewayStreet.com. Oh, is that where is that where he goes? Thank you very much. CausewayStreet.com. There you go. <laughs> you brought up you brought up one of my one of my points as well. The Celtics needed playoff foul to make an appearance in Cleveland because the ghost of the Quicken Loans Arena was present in game three for Al Horford. It's just a place that he doesn't play well in, regular season or playoffs. So we kind of saw him be a little more aggressive. Yeah, I thought he had a solid game. I, saw, I thought so too. I thought so too. But we all, the Celtics also needed Scary Terry to make an appearance on the road. Big time. And we kind of saw it. Maybe it was like a – maybe not completely scary. Maybe it was more like a, like a little scare. <laughs> like a half a scare, a little baby scare, little little a little a little ha, huh? little ah, huh? spooked, little yeah, a little spooked Terry, little whoa Terry, because <laughs> like you said, I I didn't I didn't hate those shots that he took, right? I didn't because he was we should hate it though, right? Yeah. But but we've seen him, but you know come what shots in the fourth quarter with those shots? You know who I hated taking shots like that in both game three and game four? Who Marcus Smart? Oh, Marcus didn't have a good trip. Marcus had a really, really bad trip. And he he actually plays well in Cleveland. But not this time. No, he looked terrible. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. Like on both ends of the floor, he was just he completely was bad. Thoroughly bad. Completely bad. Like he would make a steal and then throw the ball away. Yeah. Yeah. He did that more than once, especially in both games. Yeah. Yeah, it drove me crazy. Like, I don't I don't know. It's like he was trying to do too much. It, it was like he wasn't letting the offense flow through him. It was almost like he was forcing the issue. And when it came to coming to coming up with the defensive stops, he was so eager to make the next play that it was either a turnover or a you know uncontested or I should say a a a, a chuck. <laughs> he would just chuck up a shot and just it did it did no good for the Celtics. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I had nothing but great things to say about him last episode because. Since he returned up until game two of this series, he's been great. Mm-hmm. He's been great. Even even from even at times when he, you know, he gets a little trigger happy from behind from behind beyond the arc, but he makes up for it. This trip, didn't like the way Marcus Smart played. Yeah. Didn't like the way he played at all. You know, I get it. He did play good defense on, on LeBron at times, but I feel like I don't know. He was complaining a lot to the refs. And I've I've gone on record saying that the refs aren't a fan of both Marcuses on this team. No. Yeah, that's a fair uh, assessment. Yeah. So, with that in mind, they have to they have to not they, I don't know. I don't I, I guess the best way that's the that they have to play all all the, the rest of the team in terms of like the refs. And I hate talking about the refs. Like that's we, we shouldn't have to talk about them. We shouldn't even know them by their names. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like in game three, there was a bigger, uh, more of a difference between um, how many um, attempts at the free throw line or, or just ticky-tacky fouls in general. I mean, there, there was that epic third quarter where both teams scored, what, correct me if I'm wrong here, was it 17 fouls, I think it was? 
something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was it was closer to like twenty. But yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, it evened out. You know, um, you know, you know which game I loved offensively. I mean, uh, officiated wise, officiating wise. What was it? Was it twenty six and twenty three? So it was it was a plus plus three for the Celtics. Celtics had twenty six fouls. Cats had twenty three. Go ahead. Game two, I think that's the that's been the best officiated game in this series. They let them play. Mm. It was a lot of you know the, physicality, the, the physicality play. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's true. So so yeah. much that even Lou was like, "Whoa!" Like the Celtics are. Oh, they're gooning it, gooning yeah, that's it right. up. That's right. You know, trying to like you know play tough guy kind mm-hmm. of kind of ball. And then the next two games, it's like you're just looking at LeBron for an example, and he's at the free throw line. Mm. And, and it shouldn't be like that. Like, if you're going to call it one way, call it the same way on the other side. The the Marcus Morris three, three-pointer three in front of um, Kevin Love, the hell was that? Sweep the leg? What the hell? Sweep the leg? What was the, what was the, what was the karate kid? <laughs> Cobra Kai shit? What the fuck was that? And then it was a foul on Marcus? The Cobra Kai mentality. What the hell was that? Sweep the leg. What? That should have been, that should have been, that, that three-pointer should have counted, number one. Whether you call it offensive foul or not, the three-pointer should have counted. Well, if you look at the box score, I think that's a bit of a concern if you're a Celtics fan. Because you look at Kevin Love, he had no, what, nine points, 11 rebounds. Obviously, LeBron James went off 44 points, you know, five rebounds. LeBron went off plus 40. What is it? Six, his six, 40 plus. Uh, Seven turnovers, though. Six uh, plus 40 point performance of the playoffs ties Allen Iverson for the record. Um, but yeah, a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers. Well, hold on, but let me finish my point about the officiating. The Celtics. Have to ignore the officiating the way Brad Stevens does. Like Brad Stevens in the game, if he's got something to say, he's gonna say it. But after afterwards, when he's asked, and he he said it after game four, I got nothing but good things to say about the officials, even though some things could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. Celtics have to do the same thing. The rest of them have to like you know not not do that, not do the LeBron thing where every time LeBron gets called for a foul, like oh my god, Literally, put your hands up and every put your hands, single every time. single time, especially in game three. Yeah, I was like LeBron, yeah. you're up by thirty two points. Why <laughs> don't you take it easy there, buddy? Why don't you let that one slide? It's the fourth quarter. He was pulling on my shirt, ref. Yeah, he was pulling on my shirt. You're, you're not going to, uh, you know, you're not planting a seed here for the rest of the series. You complain for this foul, but no. What I was gonna say is, you look at the box score, right? Yeah, obviously LeBron went off for forty four. Love only scored nine. You got thirteen from Thompson, thirteen from Hill. I mean, you could say it was a you know a, a well balanced attack. You know, of course, with Corver with, with fourteen, he really lit it up from behind the arc as well. He had a couple of trays, you know, really got the momentum uh, going for the Cavaliers. Some stops, but, some blocks. But overall, I mean, this was you could write this off as a LeBron win. You know, those forty four points went a long way for this team because if you look at the Celtics box score, I mean, from afar, if I were without knowing the total, without knowing the final score, if I was to be handed these two box scores. I would assume the Celtics won this game. Jalen Brown, 25 points, 16 from Rozier, 17 for Tatum, you know, 10 from Morris, 15 from Horford. So at the end of the day, in my opinion, it came down to the late game execution. And that type, that, that type of uh, shortcomings is going to happen. You know, this is a young Celtics team. We obviously know that. So I think, yes, it was a loss. Yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers were the better team that night. However, if you're the Celtics or if you're a Celtics fan, you have to feel pretty good about this team heading back home for Game 5 because you look at the well-balanced attack, you saw how they played on the road, and if the Celtics can take Game 5, obviously you head back to Cleveland feeling a lot more confident than you did two days before that. I want to know, when you talk about late-game execution, and I include Brad Stevens in that, why was 
Aaron Baines taking out when the Celtics were down seven. Yeah, you're really upset about that. <laughs> I'm still upset. I didn't about make the that. trip to Cleveland, so I got to watch the game with Joel, and he was not feeling that uh, that switch up because he did make a couple of big stops right before he made that switch. Made a couple. He, he was the only one making his free throws. He's getting. In, he was getting in the in, in, the, in the paint. He was disrupting. Eight points, nine rebounds uh, in 16 minutes. That's solid, solid outing. Grabbing boards, making sure that there were that the Cavs weren't grabbing offensive boards because that's what that's also killing the Celtics. Offensive boards, mm. you know, second and third chance opportunities for the Cavs. I hate that shit. That shit pisses me off. Yeah. To bring back Morris to guard LeBron with five fouls, like how was Morris going to guard LeBron with five fouls? Think about that. Well, I think he was looking for obviously his offensive production. You know, the Celtics were behind. Well, that's fine. They I mean, managed to get it down to seven, and that's when I thought Brad Stevens was trying to make his push. And we saw Morris make a three. Um, what was it? Late in the third or early in the fourth quarter before that before that change happened. But with five minutes left, and I think that's why that's why he made that switch. With five minutes left, and Baines literally was on a roll on both ends. Keep him in a little bit. Like but you want to see the ISO bangs popping. Give me, you know, you know give you, him a little you, you more. You want to see him on. You see him top of the key popping no, threes. No, but what you want to see? No, but he was he was making life you know hard for those guys because they 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 started you know jump shooting again, and especially LeBron. LeBron wasn't taking it to the hoop. They weren't grabbing offensive rebounds when Baines was in that that for that stretch before he got taken out. Down seven. That's the closest they got. All right. Well, let me ask you this: You think that Brad Stevens should? Really take into consideration of putting him into the starting lineup for game five. Do you think he should stick to what he has? Should Baines be playing closer to 20 minutes? I mean, what what kind of adjustments do you expect to see from Brad Stevens heading into game five? Shout out to you, Drags. I agree with him. Baines should have started in game four. <laughs> no, he shouldn't have. He should have. With all due respect, you should have. You got to You got to like the legend Drags. You no, play him. You no, play him in. No, you no, play him no. in spurts. You don't. I'm not saying he should have played. You know. What is it? How many minutes did he even play? I don't even think he even played 20 minutes. minutes. He played 16 minutes. That's what I'm okay. saying. 16. You want play to play 16 minutes. To 20. 20 minutes. Those extra, like I said. I mean, there's only three guys who played off the bench. Him, Ojale, and Smart. And Smart got 31. Ojale got nine. So. Ojale's giving you zero. Yeah, Goose he egg. He's doing nothing. Jeez Louise. Doing nothing. God bless him. I wanted to get a stop or something. You know. He's struggling out there. Shemi did his thing in, in the first two rounds. What's his name? Shemi. <laughs> but he ain't doing a damn thing in this in this series. So you need him. Did you put an H in there? Uh, no, that, no, that's, no. It's just it just rolls off the tongue. Shemmy. <laughs> with with Ojale doing any not doing anything, you bring in you bring in Morris off the bench, and then you have a little more balance off your bench because Smart, at least in Cleveland, I'm hoping he turns this around at the Guardian. But Smart has to, I don't know, have a more balanced game than he just like the way he did in the first two games with play the uh, series. Yeah, yeah, play yeah, better. Thank you. He just has, he needs to play better. But if he's the only one that you're, you're 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 counting on coming off your bench, that's not good. You know the two Marcuses coming off the bench like that's that's kind of badass, right? And then you got Baines doing his thing. Baines wasn't in foul trouble. Morris was. Smart got into foul trouble. And some, Morris got into point. foul trouble early too. Yeah, like right away. What he had three fouls in that first quarter. So that's that that right there that disrupts his rhythm. And then and then you're forced to go to Baines. I I don't like when Brad's is forced. Brad Stevens is forced to go to Baines. Bring him in early. Oh, we'll start him. And then you play him in spurts. First five, six minutes, bring in Morris. Morris plays the rest of the quarter. Second quarter, you know, the first two minutes of the second quarter, bring back Baines. Like that. Spread spread the minutes. Mm. Because you're shortening your bench, obviously. So spread the minutes with those with those key guys, especially the ones that are guarding. 
LeBron James. Yeah, I think when Warriors got into foul trouble, I mean, there were there were times where Brad Stevens could have took him could, could have taken him out. Um, you could say that about other guys too. I, I just think Brad Stevens doesn't doesn't look at foul trouble as a, a big reason to take somebody out. I mean, maybe down the stretch he'll do it in the second half, but if someone picks up two or three fouls in the first quarter, I mean, if he wants you out there, you're gonna stay out there. So maybe that's not always the best game plan moving forward. But I just think that. Morris has sort of been his like security blanket when it comes to those switches against LeBron James. And like if you if you got Aaron Baines out there, I just think he just envisions Baines being out there one on one, caught with with LeBron James, and he it, it just usually doesn't end well. And, and that has, that's been the case for a lot of guys. You know how many times throughout the the the, the, the last two games. Do you see Marcus Morris down low with Kevin Love? Or do you see Terry Rozier down low with Tristan Thompson? I mean, like it, it seems like they constantly are getting caught in the switch, caught on an island down low, and it doesn't end well. I mean, these switches, whether it's a it's a it's a lack of you know seeing double teams, whether LeBron James is commanding too much attention. I mean, Brad Stevens and the Celtics have to figure out a way to to not get caught in those switches where Cleveland's not only in favor, but they not only convert, but they also kill the momentum for the Celtics those and one plays those easy buckets those loud finishes how many times is Terry Rozier or how many times are we going to see Marcus Smart down low with those big guys in a tough position or against LeBron James I mean I think when you have someone like Morris out there it minimizes those chances of of that happening and you also have a guy who can keep up with LeBron James we saw that in games one and two we just didn't see as much in in three and four all right, let me let me clarify when I when I talk about I want Baines starting. I don't want Baines to guard LeBron James. But that's what you risk, and that's what Ty Lu will highlight, or that's what he'll target. That'll be his main target, is to get Baines switched onto LeBron James. What's gonna happen in game in game five, my prediction for game five is that Jalen Brown is gonna have the majority of the of, of his minutes guarding LeBron James. That's what I think is gonna happen. Frees up Marcus Morris because I think when Marcus Morris has it going offensively, it it duplicates on the other side, on the other end. Mm-hmm. When he's feeling it offensively, then he, he he the defense just it just happens, it just rolls like like it just it's that much easier for him because he's like I'm feeling it tonight, yeah. and I'm going to show you that I can also play defense because he also he's also a good rebounder, but we haven't really seen that too much since game one of this series. So, I mean, the Celtics need to control the boards again, something that came easy to them in the first two games. And the Celtics need to limit those, those points in transition from the Cavs. Mm. Which, I hate those. I hate those. I really do. Which they did an <laughs> amazing job at in the games one and two. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the other guys, though, because they, they've obviously woken up in this series. We, we saw a completely different supporting cast for LeBron James. We saw guys like J.R. Smith light it up. I mean, he had a better game three than he did in game four, but he still managed to knock in three trays from, you know, from deep. It's pretty much what he does. Uh, Corver hit a couple, so they combined for five three-pointers. Um, you also saw uh, Nance Jr. get some playing time, which I've been preaching since after game two. Um, ever since that spat with that reporter between Ty Lu and that guy, we haven't seen Ronnie Hood, and they've had two wins, so I don't expect to see him in game five. But you look at the rest <laughs> of this bench. I mean, Jeff Green, Nance Jr., Kyle Korver. I mean, heck, these guys, you, you get plus 20 points out of your bench if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, that's a that's a good day if you're the Cavs because you, we certainly didn't see that in games one and two. What's the, what's the uh, we, we talked a lot about this term on the last episode. 
the the narrative for the Celtics, right? Great home team, shitty road team, right? Correct. What about Cleveland? One and six. What about Cleveland? Mm. Cleveland is seven and one at home, so that means they got a shitty road record, right? Yeah. A lot of L's on the road. A lot of L's on the road. So, what the Celtics have to do, because they've learned their, le- I'm, I'm hoping they've learned their lesson in the last two games, set the fucking tone early. Mm. <laughs> do not fall into a double digit hole, because as we've seen the last two games, it's damn near almost impossible to get out of. Especially when, right. when LeBron is, is on. But shit, even in game two, though, when LeBron dropped 21, the Celtics were trailing by, what, eight points? Yeah. That's a good day. That's, That's yeah. a good day because you got Jalen Brown going off as well. But they, they, That's true. Forgot about that. Even at halftime. <laughs> yeah. You know, trailing by about eight. Yeah. That's a good day. You take that. Trailing by 30 in Cleveland. That's not a good day. No. No. That's. What do Doc Rivers always say? That's too deep of a hole to get out of. It's the game of runs? Yes. yes. I mean, one of many cliches from Doc. Cleveland just had a lot of runs, more than the Celtics did. And I think you just have to get, like you said earlier in, the, in, the, in this episode, Al Horvath's got to get going early. Mm. He got going late in, the, in, in, in game four. Maybe a little too late. Yeah. But just give him his touches. I like that touches. he was getting his touches in game four. I didn't like what I saw in game three. Saw a lot of hero ball. Too much here. Saw a lot of guys like Jalen I mean, Brown, Terry Rozier, you know. But I'm glad Jalen Brown had a good great, up shots. a great bounce back game because he's been he's been leading the Celtics in scoring this series. Hmm. The first two games, 23 points in each game, comes back in game in game uh, four after a shitty game three. Yeah. I mean, not not I don't think anyone but Tatum had a good game three. Tatum was the only one. Tatum was the only yeah. one. Tatum was good. Came back with 25 points. Uh kept the Celtics, you know, with things striking striking distance. Pretty much did the same thing in game two when, when LeBron was going off. And I mean and, and, and look at and look at the final score. Like you said, without looking at the final score, but now let's talk about the final score. LeBron goes off for of 40. He has just one other one other supporting cast member, Corver, scored double digits. I mean, there was other oh, no, double had, digit he had, scores. He had, he had, he had, a, he had a few, but but yeah, yeah. but Corver Corver was the Corver, Corver was the only one. Had, Corver top, no one scored more than fourteen. Corver uh, had 14, Thompson and Hill both had 13. Yes. And the, and the Celtics lost by what, nine? Yeah. Compared to game three when no one had it going and for the That's Celtics. That's what I'm saying, though. I think it's, it's an encouraging sign because at the end of the day, the Celtics played a good game, but it just came down to that fourth quarter. And obviously, LeBron, which is A, too much to handle, and B, a lot of missed layups, a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of, um, I don't want to call it hero shots, but... Shots where the Celtics decided to go for the home run instead of hitting a single. You know what I mean? Or, heck, let's get a double and work our way there. But because they've managed to hit those home runs late in the the ninth, to go along with this analogy, and then the bottom of the ninth, because we've seen that so many times before, especially in the playoffs, you said it yourself, seeing Rozier pop those threes, wasn't really upsetting as it should have been because you're thinking, oh, that's going to go in. It didn't. And then again, it didn't go in. And then when they did go in, I think it was uh, Morris, he missed a two-footer, a layup. Or I think it was a putback. You know? And then you think about you think about all the layups. If you combine the layups throughout the entire game, and shout out to my high school coach who used to do this all the time. <laughs> he used to add up those points and say, 
those are points that you could have tacked on to the score. And I always say, coach, that's not how it works, coach. You don't just add those points and, and say to yourself, oh, you would have won by 12. Instead, you lost by nine. No, 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 coach, it don't work like that. But in this instance, maybe you don't tack on every single layup. No, the but if you would... tack on a handful of them, like you said, they lost by nine. Yeah. You tack on five of those layups, you're in good shape going into the fourth quarter. You put the well, pressure the, on the Cavs. The Cavs never felt that pressure in the fourth quarter. If that's that pretty Mar- much what I'm trying to say. That Mar- never felt that pressure. That Morris three ball, we were talking it's a six point, six point game. Like you said, you missed seven a couple point. layups here. That's the closest the guy was seven. Yeah. yeah, no, no. But if if they lost by nine, but if Morris had made it, if that Morris three counted, that's six. Fucking Rosie if Morris didn't miss another that another close that other close layup. Yeah. If Tatum made one of those dunks, <laughs> you know? back in the first quarter, yeah, I mean he did make a, he did make an alley oop. That's made. what I used to say to coach. Yeah. My, my, shout out to my, my my coach, Coach Liner from from Needham High. I used to say, Liner, that was two minutes into the game. Doesn't matter. That's a layup. Right? <laughs> that is two points. I think pretty we much he was telling on. you we lost by two. He's pretty much telling you that like those are those are points you don't get back. Yes, that's it. That in was words. That, that and goals. free throws drove him nuts. We ran suicide for every single missed free throw. Free throws. Every missed free throw. We had to run a suicide for that. Terry Rozier. Remember the uh, – he got fouled at the three-point line. We're like, you know, his, 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 and it was the middle of that run. Yeah, free throws drove you nuts. Joel was not happy. Was Missing – missed two out of three free throws mm. on that play right there. He almost, he almost pulled a nader, bro. <laughs> almost pulled a nader. I was – That's the first thing I said, remember? Yeah. When you made the last one, he didn't pull a nader, though. They didn't pull a nader. Jeez. Got to make your free throws. Got to, man. You got to. Those you don't get those you don't get those back and just things like that. It's just different different moments of the game where you're just like, here it is, here's the run, here's the run. You know, they score like five, six in a row, and then, you know, that 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 one that one play where you're just like, okay, now we're it's a you know, one possession game and mm. and, and, it, and you can't get it. You no. can't get it. In front of Mama Rose, too. In front of Mama Rose, yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn. Mama Rose was like, I ain't going back to Boston, honey. Mm-mm. 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 I'll see you in game six, sweet. Mama Rose. I don't know, man. I feel good for the Celtics heading into game get heading into uh to, to game five. But this is going seven now. This is going seven. You've made you it complicated. So? Yeah, this is going seven. You that was a golden opportunity. You grab a three one lead, you could close it out in game five. If not, heck, I'd give him the I mean, ch- I'd give talk- him the advantage to close it out in game six, but because because this series is tied up, because this team is feeling feeling more confident than ever throughout this series. I mean, we talk I, about. I just think we see an, an inevitable Celtics loss in Game Six, and I think it's going to go seven. So I think. I mean, we talk about Brad Stevens being arguably the best coach in the NBA, right? But this is uncharted territory for him. Never been up over LeBron. Never was never has been up in an Eastern Conference Finals mm. or Conference Finals. Series is tied, and this is a must win for the Celtics. You damn sure don't want to go back to Cleveland down three to two. So would you say the pressure is more on Boston or on the Cavs? Pressure's on Boston. I agree. Pressure's on. Boston. I one thousand percent agree. Stephen A. Smith, but it's a ESPN, good. Stephen A. Smith says the pressure's still on Cleveland. I say, nah, I think it's on Boston. The, the pressure's on. The pressure's on Boston because they haven't lost in, in at the Garden. That adds even more pressure. And fucking LeBron said it in his stupid post game, yeah. yep, like interview. Yep, he said it. He's like, oh, you know, the Garden is a hostile place. And, you know, if you're not wearing green, they don't like you. 
you know, they haven't lost in the postseason. I'm like, fuck, he knows that. Mm. Like, like, it's one thing to and know that, it. That just sounded like a seven year old LeBron, but I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> wasn't trying to sound like that. I know, I know, just, I know. Yeah, it's just funny. I just, I, I just, I just pictured his face with that voice. There was this, that, that, that voice just came out. It's just, I don't know what the fuck, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. At least, at least it's better than Sean's LeBron. Right? <laughs> oh no, Sean, Sean's LeBron is the same as every single other person he doesn't like. Well, yeah. you know, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like no one talks like that, Sean. <laughs> now, what would he, what would he say? <laughs> he goes, "My name is LeBron." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh there's the deep one and there's the other one. The My other one is LeBron. the the high pitched. No, the high, no, no, that's the it's like the the every reporter he hates. Yeah, <laughs> like the Brian Windhorses of the world. <laughs> well, today LeBron took a shit, <laughs> and it was extra soft. So you know he might be a little dehydrated for game and five. If you look at his track record, when it's extra soft, that means he typically averages thirty five points before the game. <laughs> he might be a little dehydrated. He might have to get some Gatorade in him. <laughs> But which is why I think it led to the cramps from the other night when he had cramps and he couldn't play anymore. You know, it might have been contaminated food from a Boston hotel. We don't know. We don't know. But typically, typically he has great games on May 23rd. <laughs> Did you see Windhorse after game four? He was like falling asleep, bro. No, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, he was. But no, not literally after. I mean, like the next day. Oh, the next day. No, like no. his. his they like, talk about like the. Pro, the no, no, his ESPN spot. Oh, man, guy was grinning from ear to they ear. They talk about the green room. <laughs> guy was grinning from ear to ear. So Yo, far. those first two games. Like, you know, it's just amazing. He just it's re- incredible stuff. I mean, this team, for everything they've been through, I mean, oh, LeBron, he's just magical. <laughs> like the guy just couldn't get enough of it. Loves it. Yo, there's gotta be a, loves it. There's gotta be, and and I don't know if like Stephen A is exempt from what I'm about to say, in terms of uh, every employee that works at ESPN, especially the quote unquote basketball analysts. Mm. Maybe Stephen A because he's he's uh, he has seniority, so he doesn't he doesn't have to go with with he doesn't he doesn't or it's not even in his contract. Fuck it, just put it like that. <laughs> For everybody else though, everything LeBron James does, every fucking little thing he does is amazing no it's fucking amazing. oh you mean you don't you didn't think those bounce passes were incredible the textbook oh. bounce passes that you they mean, teach us in high school you mean they teach us in elementary school excuse me you mean the ones that fucking ray john rondo did his whole time he was here in boston <laughs> ray john rondo did with his eyes closed those ones why? What was so amazing about those passes in Game Three? It was left-handed. That's why. Somebody correct. Somebody tell me in the comment section what was so amazing about that left-handed bounce pass. It's because he's been in the league fifteen years, way, and he's still doing these things. Oh, it's amazing, incredible. He what a drove, look from LeBron James. He drove to the cup, turned around, <laughs> and threw it out to find Kyle Culver. <laughs> what a pass, Mama! There goes that man. <laughs> Like Mark, really? You too? Like, I think the only person that's not like sucking him off is is fucking Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy's like, uh, guys, uh, Boston's still the more talented team in this series. That's greatness. That, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is LeBron James. Oh, Mike Breezer was. Oh, what a pass! Oh, LeBron James with the nifty pass. <laughs> he is just so so amazing to watch, isn't he? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Mike Breen. They'll be like talking about like random stuff, and then it, it'll be like like five seconds left to end the quarter, and LeBron obviously he'll run out the clock and you know do his you know patent and go either either go left or right, and then you know that step back stupid fadeaway, and LeBron off, at the buzzer, leg, yeah, 
and he just like just goes silent. But if he makes it, bang! Oh my gosh, LeBron James! Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> and even if Cleveland is losing, could this be the seeds of an amazing comeback by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers? Like Jeff Van Gundy just looks at him like, bro, they're only down four. Like, calm the fuck down. It's like, what's wrong with you? Get a hold of yourself, Get Mike. Get a hold of yourself, Mike. Mike. Relax. Keep it in your pants, Mike. You've Easy. Seen, you know, I mean, you, you used to work on NBC. Like, you've seen, like, other great players. Like, what the fuck? It's so amazing about LeBron James at this point. I mean. At this point. Not for nothing, though. Let's, let's, let's be honest. He's balling up. I give it to him. No, but. But. It's, but. It's, has, is but it, is the, it, why the, is it, why the is it amazing? The particular plays, the passes and everything. It's like, come on. It's, it's nothing crazy about it. You, you want to talk about the runs. You want to talk about the stat line. You want to talk about how you put the team on his back. All right, I'm with you. I get it. LeBron James is carrying this team. LeBron James is 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 adding to what I knew heading into the series is the best playoff performance we've seen for him overall. But H- however, hold on. individual plays, yes, it, it hasn't been anything that's drove me. But if that, that I thought was crazy throughout these Cardinals finals. But if it's already expected out of him, and if and, and if you know we've seen him do this, why is it still amazing? Because he's still doing it. I don't know, man. I don't I, see it. I mean, look, six 40-plus point performances, that's dope. That That's, <laughs> that's. I mean, for someone who's been doing it for so long, that's incredible. Hats off to LeBron. When it's all said and done and he eventually leaves Cleveland, we'll say, hey, he never gave up. He gave it his all. I think it would be more amazing if he was like 40 still doing this. That's amazing. Yeah, but I mean... To do it this long? Look, he's got a lot of miles on those legs, man. Yeah, but he's, you know, I got, I got to give it to him. Like, you know, he, he is unique in in that aspect that it doesn't matter how 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 many, like you said, he's got a lot of miles. He's you know gone to seven straight finals. He plays basketball into you know well into June, mm. and he still comes back. And he, you know, this last season he just played eight, you know, all eighty two games. Still waiting for this dude to get still. injured. Still, like, <laughs> we've been saying that for like the last what three years it's since we started this podcast. Hey, hey that hey, he's due for an injury. He's there, Max. You waiting for him to fall off a cliff too? <laughs> no, I'm take just, it easy. Take it easy. I'm just take saying, everyone gets injured. No, no, but he and that and that I, I, you know, I, I give I'm hasn't like, happened. It's not like I'm, I'm giving it to him, but I'm like I, I like, like I, I applaud that. I applaud that that he's still consistent. You know, you you have you have uh, when you talk basketball with with you know with different people, friends or whoever. And you're like, nah, man. Everyone's trying to everyone's trying to put like an expiration date on him. Like, oh, he's got like two more years tops. <laughs> nah, you know, he's okay. gonna play for. He's gonna be playing for a while. Yeah, he's gonna be playing for a while because Have that conversation when he gets closer to four. Yeah, no, because because of the, he he does he puts the. I mean, he, I mean, he, he reminds you every fucking game. You know, I, don't, I put the work in. Oh man, the, the work I put in. Four. He was. He gave the work I put in. Yo, he gave he gave the. If you knew uh, where I came from. Yo, he gave the NBA Finals speech. No, he gave. I worked so hard. This, that, and the other. And oh, but he, LeBron, Kyrie Irving hit that big shot. Yeah, that was a good shot. But look, man, I'm in this gym every single day. You know? I put the work in. It just in. means so much. I put I the, put work, the in. work in. Did I tell you how much work I put in? I put in a lot. Okay. I'm LeBron James. Hey. hey. Yeah. Hey. It just feels so good to know, <laughs> after all the work I put in, that, you know, I got to thank the man above. I'm because, so blessed. Yeah, I got to thank the man above because he's, you know he's 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 willed me to put the work in. <laughs> like 
It's like, oh, great, great. You put the work in. We we get that. <laughs> a lot we of understand work. That. It's a lot of work you've been work putting. Work hard. In. You work. <laughs> yeah. Before the guy asked, before he asked another question. Early mornings, every day. Work oh, is being oh, put in. Well, you know what else he threw in right after right, right, when uh, what's her name, Doris Burke was interviewing him. Maybe when it's all said and done, you'll know my full story. Oh, jeez. Like, what the fuck? You just tied up a series, bro. You didn't. You're not going to the finals yet. Like, relax, guy. Relax. Relax. It's like when you dropped the line on me. Well, if you see my uh, playoff history, uh, I've seen every type of coverage. Every coverage. I've seen it all. Tag name it. That's that's why, in my opinion, it's he'll ne- feel out game. He'll never be the he'll never be the greatest of all time because of those little things like that. Like you're feeling yourself, bro. Yeah. Like you gotta stay humble. Gotta stay humble because there's a reason why Kyrie Irving was like, "I'm good with you, bro." Yeah, he's been. His, there's a reason for that. His back is hurting him, and it's self-inflicted. He's constantly patting himself on the back. Nothing I'm saying. Nothing I'm saying. Like constantly. If they didn't, if they didn't, you know, make make any of those trades, I'm not saying that you know, oh, they should have kept Isaiah. But there's a reason why Isaiah was always talking about like how. That locker room is not a championship locker room. Mm. There was a reason for that. They got his ass out of there real quick. The real quick. Was like, this guy's yeah. got to go. Mm-hmm. He is not being a Cleveland soldier. That is not what we do here. I am 50 Cent and he's the game. He's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out if you got, if you, <laughs> to, if you got that reference. Yeah, if you got that reference, you are not a millennial. Kudos to you. Yeah, for real. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. All right, let's head out west real quick. And if you want to get him one final thought in, we'll get that in at the end. Cool. But um, this series, man. Also. I'm, I'm also at 2-2. <laughs> yes, also at two games apiece. But in this series, they're heading back to Houston now. Also, does the Warriors no good? <laughs> yes, it doesn't. Does the Warriors no good? Talk about execution down the stretch. The Golden State Warriors but hey, Houston, had a chance to pull ahead. Houston did what they were supposed to do. Not go any lower than 2-2. Heading into game five. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> don't want to do that. Just talk to Sean Dutcher about that. But no, like I was saying, <laughs> down the st- speaking of late game execution, you can say the same thing about the Golden State Warriors, except for uh, they got some good looks, especially, especially a wide open look for Steph Curry that didn't go down after he just pretty much made every shot he took in the third quarter. That wasn't the case in the fourth quarter, but Joel, you made a good point. We watched this game together. Um, Kevin Durant together lately, bro. Hey. Yeah, that's what happens when uh, Sion doesn't send you on the road. Whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> but, but it's neither here or there. Um, Kevin Durant, you say he was being a little too shy in the fourth quarter. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, he, he turned back to OKC, Kevin Durant, there in that Ooh. last that last like Ooh. five minutes of the fourth quarter. Shot he to James Harden. How fitting. He could have taken, he could have taken over that game at any point, especially because that last, like I said, those last five minutes. The Warriors wrote it down by like three or four points. They were that's they never got any more than that for for Houston. So I think it's it was the Warriors who gave up that game more than the the Rockets taking it. Oh come on, man! You gonna throw shade on the, on the, on the Rockets, man? On H Town? I mean, the H-Town Rockets came to play, man. No, but the Rockets they the, stuck in, they stuck no, it with. Right, you're right. But the they Rockets, survived that third quarter from Steph Curry. Yeah, but the Rockets did what they were supposed to do was make sure that the Warriors don't go on a little run. And Kevin Durant had a lot to do with that because he didn't do anything mm. especially that last play before they reviewed the uh the phantom foul on fucking uh livingston i don't yeah. know what the fuck that was all yeah. about the push off and then you have chris, the line you have chris paul instead of just icing the game and making both free throws or making one or missing the other whatever 
You give the Warriors another chance? Another open look. You give a chance? <laughs> Yo, another I, I chance? I bet you people listening thought I was talking about that three. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about the very last three. I was talking about another three under a minute left where Steph got a wide open look. They rotated the ball. Somehow think, it ended up I wide open. I think he still had it in his and hands then he got, when, the, when, the, when the lights went off. Uh, and then he I'm got another mistaken. look. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. 0.5. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't remember what Chris Middleton did, it is possible. Yeah. After, uh, what was it, regulation of game one, sent that thing into overtime. 0.5 catch and shoot. From way downtown, Brad Stevens somewhere was shaking his head like, "You don't do that, man." Yeah, you miss on you missed the free throw on purpose. Yeah, what's wrong yeah, with you? Come yeah. on, Chris. Yeah, lucky he survived that. But Chris Paul's pumped up, man. I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. I like the fact that obviously Chris Paul is the first time he's been in this on this stage in this situation. He knows that these opportunities aren't going to come along uh, year after year at this stage of his career. So he he's, great, he's been he delivering. He had a great game. Oh, he, he had a great game. Him yeah. and James Harden, I think they they figured it out. I'm telling you, this series will go to distance. Telling you. Well, I mean, there's been a little bit of everything, just like in the Celtics series. You got blowouts and you've had close games, right? This game four was probably the game, the best game of the series. You can probably yes. say the same thing about the Celtics yeah. series. Yeah, game two but, was good too, but this one was better. But I mean, I thought I thought it couldn't get yeah. any worse, you know, for the in terms of uh conference finals games mm. when the Celtics got blown out by thirty. But then the uh, the Houston Rockets decided to uh, top the Celtics and get blown out by 41. So I didn't feel so bad. The very next day. <laughs> the very next night. Wow. Just blowout weekend. Just, just yeah. Like just, these, these games are terrible. Just raining threes. Yes. So. <laughs> so this is like, well, at least they didn't lose by 41. I know, right? <laughs> so you Damn. got So you got Houston. What was that about? On the, on, you know, on the, on the, on the edge, on the cusp of going down three to one, going back to H-Town. Mm. And. Chris Paul responded because Chris Paul had like, yeah, what, big like time. 14 points in that blowout this time around, 27 points. And it was more offensive and um, more aggressive in taking his shots. So I think Chris Paul deserves all the credit for this down the stretch. Yeah, he came, he came through, man. 27 points, 10 of 20. Harden with 30 points. I mean, that's... That's a recipe for, for a win if you're, the, if you're the Houston Rockets. Yeah, 57 points for your Eric, court. Yeah. Eric Gordon... I feel like it's so important in this series. Didn't have a crazy game in game four, but he did hey. contribute somewhat. So I think if he's you not, he's not going off again, sorry. You take that win. Nah, man. Don't <laughs> yo, don't sleep on Gordon. Yo, he went yo. off in game two. I think he Gerald, has another one left in him. Gerald he has Green, maybe two left in him. Gerald Green will go off before Eric Gordon does in this series. Mark my words. I don't know about that. I do like Gerald Green, though. Gerald hey, Green. Yo. I like to see I like to hey. see the boy shine, hey. but Gerald Green got the Celtics past Chicago last year. Don't forget that. I'm not saying I did. <laughs> I just think. Never said I did. I just think no, Eric Gordon's a lot more important. And also, Trevor Reza got to show up too, man. Trevor man, Reza, I don't know if it's just because you're on the road or, or or what it is, but if you can revert to what we saw in game two, you put this team in a really good spot. You know, between Ariza, between Gordon, you know, I, I always said after game two, P.J. Tucker is never going to do that again, so you can't rely on that. <laughs> but if you get 20-plus points from Ariza and Gordon, but see, but then there's a lot. That's of, too much for the Warriors to handle, yeah, and they just lost Iguodala. Iguodala's I, I, out. I know. I, I get. I understand that. I understand. I don't know where the status is for Game Five, but without Iguodala, I mean, defensively, you've opened up a window here for the Rockets to to go ahead and grab another one before the series is done. At least another one, and then we'll see what happens in Game Seven. I, I understand what you're saying when it comes to these role players for Houston, but you're it's it's a big if because they don't do that. And mm, I know for, in order for, it, for Houston to, to win, 
They have to do some stuff that they don't normally do. Doesn't that sound familiar, though? Doesn't that remind you of the Cavs? Well. The other guys? I mean, well, I mean, with the other guys for the Cavs, they were doing that in the regular season. Mm. Then what about the postseason? What I'm saying, but love in the love, postseason. Love, love was no, but love, love is twenty point scorer, twelve rebound guy. No, I get that, but in the postseason though, yeah, and, but and then, love, love's been that guy. LeBron's been that guy. Hood, Hood was averaging 17, 18 points coming into the postseason. That's true, but this series has completely switched things around. You, you got guys who are not sure what their role is. You got guys who are like, you know, all right, we got Jr. We got Corver for shooters. Yeah, we got big, guys that can put the ball on the floor, but who's the consistent? producer off those bench who's the other who's the consistent producers from the other guys well, again look at that box score of game four that's an encouraging side for the Celtics that these guys aren't producing at a high level but the late game execution is what really did them in in that game four all right I'm gonna take you back to the opposite coast right now because with Houston the difference between Houston and Cleveland is those other guys are veterans who have battle tested mm. you would think they're battle tested but, I mean, they made it here for a reason, right? Yeah, they put time in. They put the time in. Yeah, a lot of time. So, even though I'm not expecting Eric Gordon to go off, it doesn't mean that someone like, like I said, like a Gerald Green, like a Terra Ariza, fucking, who else? Um, who else am I, I'm forgetting of? Eric Gordon. No. <laughs> Come on, man. I said outside of him. Come on, throw him in there. No, man, I'm not throwing him in there. I'm not throwing him in there. I'm not throwing him in there. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. No, um, yo, don't, don't, yo, yo, don't, yo, yo, don't yo, call me crazy. Yo, but Joe Johnson can even thank you. Run, bro. You just said it, yo. Joe Johnson, I so Joe. I was like, listen, don't call me crazy, but Joe Johnson push comes to shove, and you can't get production from your second unit. What Let Joe get some? What happened? To, what happened to uh, Let Joe get some? What happened to Ryan Anderson? Who? <laughs> Ryan Anderson. The regular season was very important. I'm just saying, but that, that's Houston. Houston is very. Houston is so much more deep. And anyone at any point, those guys are capable of having a twenty-point game. I'm not saying that they—that's expected, yeah. expected, or or it's you know, it happens on the regular. But right. for Cleveland, though, outside of Corver and Love, who else? Really, realistically, that's what I'm saying. Though, realistically, I feel like for the Cavs to talk to Celtics, everyone ha- they have they have to rely on so much. They have to rely on. The outside shooting. You have to rely on uh, Thompson to not only rebound, but you know, give them some sort of uh, production offensively. You know, they have to rely on so many things. Whereas the Celtics, it just comes naturally. I mean, again, you look at that box score: all five stars in double figures. Jalen Brown, twenty-five points. Uh, the majority of these guys scoring anywhere between you know forty-five, you know, forty-four, forty-five percent from the floor. But when it comes down to it. That fourth quarter is going to speak for itself. I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James. LeBron James can obviously not only make the difference in the game, but can put a team on his back and 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 knock you off in the fourth quarter right when you think you're getting ready to make your run. I mean, how many but, times but, did we but, think but, they're going to make the run? Celtics went back. They, they were down by 11, pulled back to eight. Down by 11 again, got it down to seven in that fourth quarter and just couldn't put together that final run, that final push to even things out. If you put the same scenario in Game Five, I think the Celtics come out of that one. Well, even if LeBron James scores another forty points, and those other guys don't show up again, they're not going to win the game. 
They're not. Why? Because you you have to have at least three guys score double digits for the Cavs to have a chance to win outside of LeBron. If Corver goes off again, or if you know even Kevin Love, because Kevin Love hasn't really had offensively, he's been all right mm. the last two games. Um, I mean George Hill had 13 points. Yeah, he's been good. You know, you know what? If he's hitting threes, we, we that's a problem. We haven't even talked about what they've done defensively on Rozier, and Hill has a lot to do with that. They've done a really good job of making him uncomfortable. But um, like I said, I, I mean, a lot of the times when he puts the ball on the floor, especially in game three, I mean, it drove me crazy. I'm like, Rozier, just just drive. Yeah. Just drive. And then yeah. in game four, when he did drive, he wasn't finishing. Yeah. And then he did hit a couple threes, which got himself going. And then, you know, that fourth quarter. Yeah, when he opened up the he third. He wanted to hit those home runs, and it just didn't work out for no, him. No, when, when Rozier opened up the third with an emphatic dunk down the lane, mm. nobody even thought about even stopping that. Mm. That's what that's the Rozier Keep the Celtics that. need, yeah. That's you know? the scary Terry. How many times that these fucking need? How many times in game? Not the, not the, not the. Ah, that's the scary Terry. <laughs> how many times in game three, he would go, he would go inside, and then he would set up for like, like, like it was a shot in the paint, but it wasn't like a layup. You know what I mean? It was almost like, like, like a little floater, like a little floater. But it was yeah. like, a, it was like, a, it was so timid. He was so timid with it. It's just like, come on, man, finish strong. Give it to him, you know. So that's something we can rely on because we know what he does. At TD Garden, we've seen throughout yeah. the entire postseason well, that's a, difference. a different Rozier when he's playing on the parquet. Yeah, but that's the difference between the Warriors and the Celtics, right? When it comes to both teams that are considered the more talented team in their series, but the Warriors technically only need like two guys mm. to have a regular night, not even a huge night, a regular night. If Kevin, if Kevin Durant. And Thompson are going off, just for example, right? Because we saw that in the first two games. Steph didn't really – Steph, he was okay. Yeah, he woke up in game three. Yeah, but – The first two games. Yeah, the yeah. first two games, especially the first game. If Durant is going off and Thompson's going off and then you got Green doing the dirty work, then that's probably going to be a win. Yeah. It's probably going to be a win. Switch back to the East. If Terry's not going off – if Brown is not going off, Tatum or Horford, like a combination of those four, that's a tough game. All right, let's get into our ending here. So, so hold on. Same way we end every single podcast I make sure here we on get, Causeway Street. I want to make sure we get this straight. Do you or do you not think that Houston's going to win this series? <laughs> because every time I ask you, you're just like, I don't know, man. They could give them a, they could give them a fight. Yeah, they're gonna but four, they, you, you never say they're going to win. They're going to four seven, man. They're going to four seven, all right? Still doesn't answer my question. <laughs> oh, do you think you can pull this off? That's all. All right, let me tell you this. Okay. Let me tell you this, brother. All right. Molly is. I love if, how you're holding a mic like LeBron right now. If they <laughs> – well, that's because they had a little problem with the stand. Yeah, sure. I, I got physical with our mic stand yeah, last yeah. week, so mm-hmm. I just uh, threw it to the side. And just like LeBron does. The LeBron thing. Maybe that's going to be my question after game five. LeBron, why do you take the mic off the stand? Why do you take it off and make all sorts of noise? Why do you do that? For our TV viewers. So listen, if they force game seven, I'm going with the Rockets. Wow. Give me the Rockets. Give me the Rockets in Houston. James Harden, Chris Paul going off. Shit. Between Trevor Ariza and Gordon, that crowd going. That's the game you'll see this team score 17 from deep. That's the game where they can talk their shit, 
where they can do their thing, where they can revert to what you saw in the regular season. However, defensively, they'll put themselves in in a space to limit the Warriors, specifically Durant, Thompson. I'm still not seeing it with with Steph. He's a little too comfortable out there if you're the Rockets. If you're a Rockets fan, you're not feeling it. But if you limit the other guys, like you said, if two of those guys out of the three are going off, you limit those two guys, they have enough offensive firepower to knock off the Warriors in that game seven. So mark my words. But they have to get it to seven. That's the thing. If they go back to Houston, which I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if the Warriors take that, it's a wrap in six. They're going to go back to Golden State and wrap it up. They'll, they'll win back to back. But if Houston takes game five, there will be a game seven. It's very similar to what we're seeing right now between the Celtics and the Cavs. If they force a game seven, give me the Rockets in Houston. Shocking the world. Houston going to the finals. And if you're a Celtics fan, and if the Celtics, if the Celtics are the ones heading into the finals and they're the ones going up against Houston, that's when things get really interesting. Talk about upsets. If the Celtics, if you're a Celtics fan, you should you should keep a very close eye on this Western Conference matchup, the Western Conference Finals matchup, because I'm telling you right now, if it is the Rockets in a hypothetical situation where they're going up against the Celtics in the NBA Finals, the Celtics have a shot. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me, let me scratch that, scratch that. The Celtics not only have a shot, but they have a really good chance to win the NBA Finals. And that is the final word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. So you want Houston to win. That's, the, that's what it boils down to. I want an upset. Why not? Why mm. not? Mm. Who doesn't? Don't you? No, but... Don't you want the Celtics to win? That's an upset, or no, isn't it? No, no, no. It is, but I... If, Give me an if, upset. If it happens, like, and everybody's playing, it's just like head-to-head, that's fine. But if it's... You know, the like you said, maybe the Rockets haven't had that kind of type of game yet. You're, what you're talking about, like the 17 three pointers or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I feel like if you force a game seven, that's that's when tough that, to that do might come out. The Warriors, though, mm. it's tough. Keep an eye on Iguodala's status. Let me tell you that's that. T- that's that's tough. And, and let me let me tell you about Iguodala because because every, if, on a scale of one to ten, I would I'd give it a I give it a seven as to how important he is for this team. Well, I tell you this: if Iguodala doesn't come back, and even watch out for Thompson too, because Thompson Thompson had, got banged up. Thompson got a little too. banged up. Yeah, so he might not be a hundred percent. So, with that being said, do you know who has to show up? Do you know who has to show up? Right for the Warriors? Yeah, Livingston. No, <laughs> who? Kevin fucking Durant. Okay? Well, yeah, he's gonna show up though. Come on, I mean, he can't. But he, he disappeared the other night. When it when it, when it mattered the most at home, mm, at home, that's, that's at home, you can't you can't play can't play like a little like 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 little bitch KD and, and OKC can't do that. that. That's not gonna that's not gonna happen again. All right, it's not gonna happen again. I mean, we said we said the same thing that you know the uh, Cavs supporting cast wasn't gonna go off in Game Four, and a lot of them did. Mm. A lot of them did. Yeah, we'll see. I I feel good about the Celtics in Game Five. After that. We'll see what happens. Because <laughs> I, I had this the, thing is I, going I had seven, the Celtics, man. I had the Celtics in seven. seven. No, I'm not saying that it's not going to go. Not going to go seven, but I had the Celtics in seven. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I want to say so much more, but I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. All right, what do we miss? In case you missed it. In case you missed it, Jalen Rose has sort of made headlines again. 
after a quote about the Celtics that went viral. This time it's about Kyrie Irving, though, because before he was talking about Kawhi, you know, going to the Celtics. Mm. Well, actually, no, he was saying Kawhi for Kyrie, right? Oh, no, or, the, or, or did somebody else take that and run with it? Well, no, he was saying that the Celtics would be the best team to, to, put, to put a trade. Don't, don't be surprised if you see them trade one of those guys, Jalen Brown or, or Jason Tatum. Okay. So before game four of the Cavs Celtics on NBA Countdown, you know, he was with Chauncey and uh, Paul Pierce. And uh, that fucking blonde chick, I don't know what the fuck her name is. I always forget her name. What's her name? Michelle Beadle. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever her name is. <laughs> um, no, it's Michelle Beadle. Come okay. On. Come on, man. Pay my attention. Fault, my fault, man. Uh, Rose believes that Irving would not be happy if the Celtics were to beat LeBron and the Cavs, plus whoever comes out of the West and in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Why? Because he would have nothing to do with it? That That's probably the main reason that, you know, Rose said that. But let me, I'll, I'll let you listen to the little clip here because he was, he was like, 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 so like he talked to someone, like he has a source. Kyrie, how, how should he be feeling about this? If somebody says Kyrie Irving wants the Boston Celtics to win the championship without them, they're flat out lying to you. Whoa, here we go. What? Here we go. You think that he wants to see the Boston Celtics win the East yes. and upset okay. the Golden, Golden State Warriors? <laughs> what do you think? That's pretty funny. Um, I'm not with it. No, I'm not with it. And here's why. Kyrie knows that this team is – he's still the leader of this team. He's still the leader of this squad. He knows that at the end of the day, guys aren't going to stick around. You know, there's going to be guys who – this team has to move on from, and I get it. Yeah, his contract obviously makes things interesting in terms of where you put his value at, depending on how he responds next season. But I think if you're Kyrie Irving, you you have to not only remember what you did for this team, but you have to say to yourself, the Celtics don't go through that path if it wasn't for me. The Celtics don't win, what was it, 55 games if it wasn't for me. So at the end of the day, I mean, his 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 fingerprints are all over this team, regardless of that if he wasn't involved in the postseason. But I think his influence on Terry Rozier has played a role. What he did before he went down has played a role. And I also think that what he's going to do moving forward is going to not only progress and 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 get better and, and be a leader for the Celtics squad moving forward and, and, and put them in a position to compete for multiple championships. But I think he's, he's leading the ship regardless of what happens when he's not on the floor. Wasn't Isaiah Thomas saying the same thing just last year? Around yeah, this time? If this team goes to the finals, that, that's a whole different conversation, though. And this team is way better than what we saw from Isaiah Thomas' squad. I'm just saying. Do you think... Wasn't Isaiah thinking the same thing, especially after the comeback win in Game Three when they're only, were only down two to two to one, and then leading for seventy five percent of the game in Game Four? Are you going? Are you doing the Bledsoe Brady thing right now? No, all I'm saying is I'm playing devil's advocate. Obviously, you never know with Danny, though. Don't you think if Danny's looking at his payroll, because you know Danny's always 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 scheming, right? <laughs> Stay scheming. Shout out to you, Rick Ross. If he says, if I can pay Terry Rozier half of what I'm going to pay Kyrie Irving, hmm. and I have a chance to go and possibly trade for a Kawhi Leonard, so I get another all-star, and I got a starting point guard that's gonna, that I'm going to pay half of what I would have paid Kyrie Irving, don't you think he, he would consider it? 
Yeah, he would consider it, but I think obviously it comes down to the the, the injury. I mean, we had this conversation with Isaiah Thomas. That's because we didn't understand the extent of his injury, of his hip injury. Now, but I think, dealing I think, with this knee, and we talked about this when the, after the trade happened, right? I no, mean, his I, yeah. his shelf life isn't as long as we may have expected or thought it was or realized it was because of you know his his knee issues. However, if he's one hundred percent and he's ready to go, and this team can compete in the championship. Or I should say, not compete in the championship. If they fall short, then yeah, you say to yourself, Kyrie Irving is the difference between them winning the championship or not. No, I get. No, I understand. I understand. I understand all of that. I guess it's, a, it's an open. I understand all that, but it's an open ended question. I guess. Yeah, but you have to wait and see. I mean, Danny Ainge took a shot, right? So I'm just gonna put this offer on the table to Cleveland, and Cleveland went for it. Cleveland didn't have to go for it. Cleveland. Well, yeah, made we, that trade quickly. It was, it's funny because we didn't connect the dots because you know, remember the reports was, oh, Danny is keeping a close eye on Cleveland. Let exactly, them know, hey, exactly. hey, if you want to trade some pieces this yeah. way, but no one expected no the one piece exactly. To be Kyrie I Irving. thought, I thought that it would have caused way more than what the Celtics gave up to acquire Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, if you acquire Kyrie Irving and you get rid of half your roster, you know, you're going to be playing with a bunch of what. You know, yeah. league minimum veterans. Yeah. And then, you know, how how far are you going to go with that? Yeah. But you have Kyrie. You have two young pieces in, in Tatum and Brown. You have a veteran in Al Horford. You have another all-star in, in Gordon Haywood. So just, just, those, just those guys alone and then, you know, a mixture of veterans and, and other young guys. This is a championship contender, right? Mm-hmm. Just just on paper, roster wise, uh, regardless of who's injured or who's not. But if Danny again, if Danny says, if a team like San Antonio goes for you know, player for player, and I don't have to give up draft picks or Jaden or uh, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, you don't think he's gonna pull the trigger on that? <laughs> it's tempting. <laughs> you don't think he's gonna pull a trigger on that? I don't have to give up any of my young guys. I already have a starting point guard that I'm gonna pay half, maybe even less mm, than half. Yeah, but you still you don't. I don't know, man. You need Again, that, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not Kyrie, saying you need that. You need you know, that closer. Don't, don't kill closer. me. Don't kill me in the comments because I'm not. I'm not. I say keep it as is. Obviously, that's. I mean, me and Sway, we're on that. We're on that. On that boat. Let this. Let this thing grow organically because it's. It's. It's blossoming pretty goddamn great right now. Yeah. <laughs> regardless yeah. of how this series ends, or regardless if they go, you know, to the next round and whatever, whatever, whatever happens, it's all gravy from this point forward. But all I'm saying is, you know, if Danny has an opportunity or he sees an opportunity, take a shot, and if it and if it it, it hits and if it lands and the punch lands, we can sit here and say, like, oh, for the next four or five years, it's going to be Philly and Boston. Well, you don't know who's going to be on those squads. Yeah, Philly. You know, it's Philly's, Philly's one Joel Embiid knee injury away from being shitty again. Mm. Think about that. You just never know. Yeah. But I just something to think about. All right. What else you got? In case you missed it, um, congrats to the Celtics forward Jason Tatum on being named to the NBA All-Rookie First Team. There you go. Becomes the first Celtic rookie to accomplish such a feat since... Who? Sway? Paul Pierce. 1999. That's right. Lockout season. Should have been Rookie of the Year that year. That's just me. <laughs> I digress. Tatum, along with um, fellow Rookie of the Year finalists, Ben Simmons and 
Mitchell uh, made the squad plus Kyle Kuzma and Laurie Markison. I think that was a, that was a shocker for me. Not a shocker, but a little a little a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but uh, you you almost forgot about him, right? Because yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Bulls did. didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's and, right. That's true. You know, we've we've um, I felt like towards the end of the season, he he wasn't making headlines the way he was before. Whereas guys like you know Donovan Mitchell going off, Tatum obviously going off, so you almost forgot about him. But it makes you think, though, what a what a draft class, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, these guys, all those guys. You know those five guys. They they are, they all have the potential to be perennial all stars. You know, yeah. so it's gonna be interesting to see how that how that uh, unfolds. And you know, we can't help but wonder what could have happened if uh, Markel Fultz was drafted by the Celtics. It's unbelievable stuff. <laughs> Again, can't, can't make this stuff Again. up. Number no, one just, overall we were just pick. Talking about fucking you know Ainge, like Jesus, he pulled it off. Again, yeah. bro. Not, he could have just kept the first. First round pick. So Danny was just throwing out L's. Get the first, the first draft pick, and he just could have just just went like, yeah, we're just gonna take Tatum. Everyone thinks we're taking fault, but we're taking Tatum. But you know what? I think I can get another team to fucking <laughs> give up, give up a future, a future and, first and, rounder. And think about what that would have <laughs> meant for that series against the Sixers, man. Imagine if they have Tatum on their side. Did you hear to go up against the Celtics with Fultz and no Irving and no Hayward and <laughs> and no Tatum? Damn, Tatum balled up that series. So who was it not too long ago was a Hall of Famer? I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Or no, no, I think it was Julius Irving, actually. The Doc. I think he was the one that was like, yeah, I think Philly went the wrong way and picked the wrong guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, in the Philly series. Yeah. yeah, he was like, you guys yeah. fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, somebody done fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, thought that was interesting. Could have been yours, Philly. It could have been yours. Could have been yours. Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell got voted unanimously to the first team, while Tatum missed it by one fucking vote. Haters. Wow. Hater, I should say. He got one vote for the second team. Why? <laughs> like, who, who's, why? Why would you think Tatum, after everything he's doing, I mean. Expose yourself, sir. Like. Who is this guy? Like, even if. Even who if, is it? <laughs> who did it? <laughs> Show yourself. Show yourself. Boo this man. <laughs> Speak up, son. <laughs> Boo this person. <laughs> like one vote from a unanimous selection on the first team. You know, even Brad Stevens was like, "Yo, somebody fucked up. Somebody <laughs> fucked up. That's who made it. That that person made a mistake." <laughs> if you make Brad say that, so. yeah, somebody. He, Brad. I, Brad's I, like, I, I didn't deserve any coach of the year votes, but uh, that one guy who didn't vote for Tatum. I don't know about him. He was like. And he's lose his job. You stupid fuck. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish Brad could keep it 100 for a second. Because you know, deep down, you know, deep, deep down inside, Brad wants to say, yeah, I think there's a lot of haters in this league, you know? You know? He's got a lot of coaches that uh, just don't realize how fucking great of a coach I am. And, you know, the fact that I didn't get one, not one, not one vote from those coaches just shows how... Uh, they're haters. They think that it's easy what I'm doing, but I'm fucking genius. And on my way to eventually win a championship and maybe they'll understand, you know, or maybe they're just hating because I, I came from college and I was supposed to stay there and be the head coach of Butler. And you How know, crazy is that? Yo? People just stay hating on me all my life. Like imagine if like Brad could just keep it 100. One day he just, <laughs> just, like, just, 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 just go off. Like he doesn't realize like, there's like so many cameras and all, this, all of a sudden he's just like, Sorry there, guys. Uh, <laughs> I bet you. 
I bet you the only person that yeah, hears we're, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about Jason Tatum. Yes. Um, <laughs> the only person that Jesus. hears that is his wife. That's it. You know he wants to be like, yo, these motherfuckers are hating. Says it just like that. Just got to show him. You know? Got to show him. Got to show him. Got to shock the world like I always do, you know? But not one fucking vote. You imagine? One, one vote. Like, that's how he talks. That's the difference. I can see him saying that. Anyways. All right. What else you got? In case you missed it. Could could my man Charles Barkley finally be rooting for the Celtics? Oh, Chuck. Could he be rooting for the Celtics, bro? It's too late, bro. Yo, let's take a listen, yo. Let's take a listen about who he thinks is going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. It's flip-flopping, motherfucker. Just, just listen. Just take a listen, man. You'll enjoy it. If they go to seven, Boston's going to win. I think whoever wins the game tomorrow is going to win that series, whether it's Boston or Cleveland. Cleveland is not going to win game seven back in Boston. I thought this was a pick'em series before it started. I like, like I say, uh, I, I said last week, if Cleveland win the next two, it's back to ground, to, to level ground. But I think whoever wins tomorrow uh, will win the series. Uh, I'm, a, I'm with Kenny on this. I got the Celtics in seven. For Charles to flip-flop like this doesn't surprise me, man. But you got to say it from the jump. Don't be switching sides after you see the Celtics top them in the first two games and then say, oh, well, yeah, you know, they're so great on, on their own floor. Well, I mean, he's Chuck, been saying he's been nothing but good things, it. though, about the Celtics in this series. I yeah, think, ever since I he saw what since, he saw, but you know, against the, the Sixers, and yeah. he was, oh, this is the what do you call him, the Eastern Conference Spurs. He was mad. He was mad that Fuck that that Stevens didn't get any votes from the you know the coaches association. <laughs> Should be. He, he, who you is, know, who he isn't was saying that there were haters? He was saying that uh, Smith should have been suspended after the hit on uh, not the hit, but the push on on Horford. Mm. I mean, he's been pretty consistent since the end of that Philly series. Probably no? bad luck for the Celtics. Not buying it? Yes. Not buying it. No? I want to see Charles call the Celtics winning a series before the very first game starts. Well, that might happen when Kyrie gets back next season if he doesn't get traded. <laughs> you're going to piss off these <laughs> you're gonna piss off these Celtics. You're going to piss off Celtics Nation talking like that. Look. You know it's only a matter of time before people. You know it's only a matter of time, should, but, but you know it's only a matter of time before people start saying it. You know, you I mean, know it's many, only a matter of time people are like, slave, "Hey, give slave, Rose the keys." Slave. Some people think that these two can actually be on the same squad for the next three years slave. and and have Rose come off the bench. I mean, it's just not going to happen. He's what? a starter in this league. What you got to choose one. But what happened after Isaiah got traded? How many people were angry? Like, how dare you? He's one of us. I'm just saying, like Danny, don't doubt Danny. That things are supposed to stay the way we assume that they're going to stay. When Danny's like, mm, I got a whole other vision mm. that nobody knows about until it happens. And then you're like, what the f? And then, and, then all, and then all of a sudden, oh, whoa, whoa Danny's a genius again. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Steph Curry's in a Celtics uniform. No. It's like, <laughs> wouldn't shock me. Like, oh. He done messed around. He got, right. Kevin, he got Kevin Durant to change his mind and you, not sign with the, with the Warriors. You, you tell me a year ago <laughs> from today, if someone was like, yeah, you know that dude who just, you know, Kyrie Irving that just, you know, dropped, what was it, like, 18 points in third quarter in game four and, and stole that game from the Celtics. Save LeBron. He's going to be on the Celtics team next year. Multiple what? occasions. Someone yeah. told me that. I would have been like, guy, stop smoking what you're smoking. It's, not, <laughs> it's never going to happen. What yeah, you like a, yeah, you're right. Like a year ago, if anybody said, if anybody said, Isaiah is going to be used to sign Gordon Haywood and he's going to be, you know, the future, I would have said, yeah, that's, what it was supposed to be. The Celtics didn't make it past Cleveland because you needed someone like Gordon Hayward. Right. 
the Celtics needed another All Star. Duh. <laughs> but like literally weeks after signing Gordon Hayward, using Isaiah to sign Gordon Hayward. See you later. And Cleveland and Cleveland just and it got leaked. It wasn't like Cleveland said, "Oh, we're we're shopping Kyrie Irving." And he was like, "Kyrie Irving's not happy." And the light just went off, <laughs> and and Danny Ainge's head. And he probably didn't speak to anybody. He just was like, yeah, "I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make this happen." That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. No, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Joe picked up the pad. Was like that's all it takes. About to go wait, waiting for the for the smooth transition. That's it. All right. Well, shit. I guess that's gonna do it. For in case you missed it, <laughs> subscribe obviously to uh, you know the Cosmic Street Podcast on iTunes and uh, the Steel on Us YouTube channel. Yes, and give us a rating. Hell like, yeah. Give Hell us a yeah. comment. Do give us something. You know you can also head Show to some love. Head to Causeway Street dot com for uh what Celtics legend Paul Pierce had to say about Jason Tatum. Yeah, get some clicks too. About his game and I'm like a living over here. Being you know, right? We try Come on man, we gotta feed our families, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Hook it up, man. Need a sponsor. Shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're looking like we're looking like uh Ernie's needle stat of the night over here. Need you a know? fucking sponsor. Sponsored by nobody. <laughs> and and that is it for in case you missed it. EJ's Needles, that of the night. Yeah, that's the way we should end every single. I can't say podcast. JP because it could be like, you know, like you, you're JP. So you know, it's got to be like, I don't know. Joel Hell's that of the night brought to you by not a goddamn person. Before we get up out of here, I got to wish my brother, my actual brother, for those that don't know. We're not just, we don't just happen to have the same last name. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. We share, <laughs> we share the same, well, similar DNA. Not the exact same DNA, but. No, we don't. We have the same mama, same data. My man, Josue. Happy birthday, brother. Oh, man. Thank you. It's actually my birthday, it's too. It's actually his birthday. Yes. So the Celtics are going to pull it off for you, bro. I was hoping for the sweep, so you wouldn't have to work. <laughs> this is the first. This has never happened before. So we cannot partake in any alcoholic beverages. <laughs> no, we can't. Until after the Celtics yes. win game five. Yes. I'm saying it. They're going to win game five. Okay. All right. That'd be a, that'd be a great gift because to see the Celtics go up 3-2 against LeBron and the Cavs would be something else with this squad. I appreciate it, Joel. I really do. Um, yeah, this is never <laughs> – Joel, continue the music. <laughs> this has never happened before. So I'm excited. In the past, it's usually been like two days before, two days after, but right on my birthday, so those are playing basketball at home, TD Garden. Can't wait. Happy birthday to you, birthday. brother. The big 3-0, right? Nah, man. No? Okay. <laughs> 29 for the second nah, year man. in a row. I'm my 20s forever, man. Come on. I, I turned I turn 29 on, for the fifth straight year. <laughs> Not you. This year. No, you're past 30, man. Me? Nah, what you're talking about, bro. Nah, man, I'm still in my 20s. Yo. We're actually twins, if y'all didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, so not out of my, I'm not my out of my 20s until my face says so, okay? When people look at me and say, you got to be at least 30, that's when I'm out of my 20s. Well, same. Until well, then. What the fuck? You, so no, one, no one ever thinks, I, I'm, you know, I'm my age. No one. 
everyone always shocked when they say, <laughs> well, my age is. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Come on, man. Why are you getting all defensive? I'm not we, saying that. We, we got good genes, bro. That what doesn't apply for you. You just said, nah, man, you're well in your 30s. Like, 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 like my time has passed. <laughs> My fucking face no, my tells you that I'm over well no. over 30? <laughs> no. I'm going to tell mom you know, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I meant, the, I meant that just for me. We both look like we're damn near, I don't know, 24 or something like that. But all right. I guess it applies for you too. Well, shit. All right, Joel. You got good genes, bro. We got good genes. We we're both thank, on the 30. We got to thank you know, moms and pops for having, you know, hooking us up with the good genes. Uh, you know, shit. Mom and dad don't even pass for how old they look. Damn. No, they don't. No. You're right. You're that mom and dad. Both your sons are still in the 30s. I don't think mom listens to this podcast. I think she'd be she'd be devastated to hear our potty mouths. (laughs) Yeah, she would. (laughs) She wouldn't like it at all. No, no. I would receive several phone calls. That's true. Yeah, that's true. We'd get we we'd probably go visit and then she'd just be sitting there with the bar soap in her hand. We're like, oh, what's that, mom? And just shoving it right. Oh man, (laughs) old school, (laughs) straight up uh, Christmas story style. Yeah. Parents actually do that. Trust us. Um, so what are we doing this weekend? We're going out? Um, you got something planned? You got some some surprise I don't know I about? I can't really devolve oh, too much. something. I knew it. I knew I it. Can't. I knew it. I'm telling my boys. I'm like, look, you we're going to do something. I don't know what it is. There might. I can't say because I don't know what this dude has in store. There might be, you know, females. Oh, man. It's that kind of weekend. It's that kind of weekend? Yeah. Oh, shit. Might, might, have get, might have to get the Causeway Snapchat going and see what <laughs> see might to, to, to give up, to give people a peek of what's going on. End up at the circus. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> if maybe, there's enough time, maybe there maybe, might not be enough time. Maybe even Home Depot, <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know if there's gonna be enough time. <laughs> it's gonna be enough time. I don't know. I don't know. Oh man, Frank the Tank gonna be there? We're gonna find Frank the Tank <laughs> with his beer bong. Oh man. Yeah. Shit. It's gonna get wild. It's gonna get crazy wild. It's gonna get crazy, crazy wild. wild. But hold on, hold on. I got a little message for you from my boy Ashana Dutra. Oh, get out of here! Really? Listen. Happy birthday! Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's singing just for you. Oh man, good old Sean. Sean loves birthdays. Yeah, we got, we got him celebrating yeah. too. If Celebration listen- continues for Sean Dutra this weekend. If you uh, listen to episode one hundred. <laughs> You you would you would think that that oh, was us man. celebrating a birthday, but Sean with the pipes, with the pipes. <laughs> you know what? Maybe if we make a jingle, maybe we get a sponsor. We get, we should just go back to doing the jingle again. <laughs> maybe you know what? That maybe that was it. Give us a damn sponsor. Yo, sponsors came rolling in when that jingle was going on. That's that's, true, a, that's right. a good point. Yeah, might have to might have to make that, that official jingle. That might be the secret. Gotta make that a jingle. Oh, shit. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Hey, this weekend's gonna be fun. Series has been fun, obviously. This entire playoff run has been fun. So, um, Love you, bro. I'm looking forward to it, man. Can't wait. All your dreams will come true within the next year. I know it. Oh, I appreciate it, Joel. Thank you. I love you, too, bro. We're making strides over here. All right, before we get all sappy and shit, <laughs> let's cut these mics off. All right, yeah. <laughs> we up out of here. Until next time, obviously, follow us on all social media accounts. That's right. The Pavones. All keep social it, media it, outlets. We keep the podcast going while while, while Sean Street. takes care of the fam. At Causeway Street, shout out to you, Jordan. Jordan, you're gonna be the good luck charm for the Celtics. Epic playoff run you're watching, Jordan. You just you were born at a, at a great time right now. Oh, yo, good shout time. out, shout out to Aaron on Twitter for saying that the only reason why she started. Oh, Mrs. Rosier. She started Mrs. Week. Rose. That's right, Mrs. Rose. The only reason why she started watching the Western Conference Finals because she heard our last episode. That's she right. Like, she she did like, say I gotta, that. I gotta start watching these games then. 
Yo, it's funny. I actually met Aaron. The um, good thing is they don't. They're not playing at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. You know, they're playing. You know, earlier. Yeah, I met Aaron like what a couple months ago. I don't even know how long ago it was. It was towards the end of the season, and um, wow. she's great, man. She's cool. She came, she came up from Florida. She came. Mm. She got a game. Why my first? Awesome. Why, why is this the first time I'm hearing of this? I, I didn't tell you. I don't nah, know. man. I'm pretty sure I told you. I think you're just being weird. But yeah, I, I finally. <laughs> I, I met her and it was so cool because I, you know, I don't, I don't meet a lot of our followers and um, she's great, man. Obviously, as you can imagine, she was decked out in Celtics gear, um, traveled all the way up to Florida. True fan of uh, not only the Celtics but of our podcast. So we appreciate it, Aaron. It's a shout out for you. Long overdue is what I'm trying to say. Shout out for uh, Aaron Rosier, Mrs. Mrs. Rosier, Rose. And she was repping Terry before she before he became scary Terry. So look, man, that, that's what I think. Aaron might be one that's of what's those. Up. That, 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 that's a true. It's a true fan. She's I been she's she, been Mrs. Rose since day one. Yeah, I think she's one of the few down since day one. Cosmo Street podcast fan. Oh yeah, she's yeah. she goes back. Yeah, yeah. her that's and learned citizen too. Learned citizen. <laughs> what up, bro? Yeah, we're gonna get a live broadcast going soon. So, get man, him out there. People come out and support, man. We appreciate that. All, All right. right. <laughs> Enough of the sappy shit. How did this happen? Right. This is what happens, man. Damn it, Joel. Sorry. What the fuck? That's what happens. Getting old and shit. Getting sappy. Nah, man. We're getting wiser. Or at least that's what I keep telling myself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use that wine cliche. I don't want to hear it. No, I wasn't going to. <laughs> you thought about it. No. <laughs> no. We just get better. After we turn 29 again and again and again. Well, we damn well should. <laughs> Shit. So much damn life experience. Well, all I got to say is welcome to got the so club. so much time in. Welcome to the 29. I don't know what club you're talking no, about, No, it's called man. the 29 Plus Club. That's what it's called. That's what I'm going to say. 29 oh. Plus. Oh, That's all. Right. It's a 29 Plus Club. That's what's up. All right? Yeah. I'm the bouncer. <laughs> so I'm you're lucky I'm letting you in. You've been holding this spot for a minute. Huh? Holding it down, man. <laughs> holding it down. For, like four, for four years, been holding this shit down. Our VIP club. <laughs> VIP. Until next time, folks. We out. Appreciate it. Be kind to yourselves and each other.